Welcome, welcome. Good to see everybody. Welcome to Hillside Community Church. Hi, Malia, Braden, Katie. What's up? So welcome, welcome everybody online. I'm glad you're here today. Thank you. Would you guys stop talking? My goodness. What is it, like you like each other or something? It's okay. If you, if you don't start talking, my rule is I'm going to have you come up and pray for us. So that hey. usually gets everyone silent. It says Braden. He's like, I'll pray. Well, a couple of announcements I want to bring to your attention. I, I know we've talked about this a little bit already, but we did have our business meeting a few, few weeks back, and we were able to vote on two very specific things. Dave Eicher, for one. Um, Dave was voted in as an elder here at Hillside Community Church, so the Eicher family in the back. And we're really excited about this. As we continue to grow as a church, we're seeing our leadership grow. And one of the things I've been encouraged about with Dave is just his, his commitment, his vision, and just the, the voice that he's brought to our team, but also the voice that he and Izzy bring to our leadership team. So I'm just I'm glad you guys continue to, to journey with us, and congratulations. Um, and then secondly, we approved our 2022 budget unanimously approved it so we can move into 2022 doing what we want to do on the business side of things. So thank you for everyone who was part of that. Um, it's kind of strange to be thankful about business stuff, but um, we laugh all the time. Some business meetings, I think, in other churches can be kind of tense and can be difficult. In our world, it's just a celebration of what God's doing. And so we were able to really highlight a lot of opportunities that are coming at us in 2022 and so I'm gonna bring up Amanda and she's gonna highlight one thing coming up in women's ministry thank you hi I'm Amanda I'm so excited to be here I haven't gotten to be up here in a long long time um, women's ministry we are hosting a women's tea traditionally this has been held around the Christmas time but we're gonna do it over Valentine's so that weekend of the 12th I have my notes um, so it's going to be Saturday, February 12th from 10 to 12. There's going to be an email going out from Angela Wheaton um, for a sign-up genius. So it's going to be kind of a, um, a potluck style, so, you know, bring things. It'll be fun. We are going to do, if you've been part of that program in the past, uh, one of the fun highlights is the girls get to do, adults too, but mostly it's the girls, kind of max out on sugar, making... Um, making, uh, what are they called, gingerbread houses? We are gonna do that, Don't even, <laughs> what are they, <laughs> Yeah, so we are gonna year. do the gingerbread houses, um, so that's gonna be a lot of fun. They love it, we love seeing the mess they make. And then we are going to, um, that's gonna be kindergarten girls and up. And yeah, if you are not part of our email list, please come see me, I'm gonna be floating around. Um, We'd love to get you on that list. Uh, the other shout out I wanted to make is we've been praying through, we need teachers for the children's ministry, specifically second grade and fourth grade. So I've been downstairs for many, many years now helping out with the kids. And I just wanted to put a plug in there and just say it is so much fun to hang out with the kids and it is really easy. So um, if you are curious about it, I'd love to tell you about my experience. Um, Angela and Tom Wheaton are the master heads of that whole thing. Um, so anyway, just plug in it. Go to women's tea, except guys can't go. So, yeah. Um, so guys, watch your kids and make it happen for your, for your wives. 
A couple of things, I'm not going to go through a lot of specific details about announcements, but I really want to direct your attention to where you can find all of that stuff. So our website, hillsidecommunity.org, is a great place. In all of the areas of ministry, there's a little section that people are updating what's coming up for that week. There's also information that just kind of talks about what's going on in each of those areas, but our ministry leaders are going to start populating and keeping that upper section of each of the areas current. So if you want to know what's going on in youth group, go there and it'll tell you exactly what's coming up that week and the weeks to come. In addition to that, if you want to start receiving the Hillside Happenings email, we send it out every week. Every Thursday or Friday thereabouts, it helps you prepare for Sunday so you kind of know where we're going. So you can hop in scripture and come here prepared, reading through what, it's, what we're going to be going through. But it also highlights all the stuff that's coming up. And you can get that by going to the website, go to the Connect News section in the drop-down, go to Hillside Happenings, just click it, and then you can sign up and you can receive those emails on a regular basis. So those are pretty important. But two other things, um, we, Mike and Donovan put out a worship Spotify, and I've stumbled across this a few times. On the Bible app, so the Bible app is also something um, that you can access. So you go to the Bible app, and in there you find Hillside in the events, and that's where we've got our bulletins and stuff right now. But in there, too, there's a bunch of links, and they're populating worship links, so you can go in and see what our worship team is listening to on a weekly basis. So when you're driving to work and you're moving through the world, you can have that on hand. And in addition, I think Sean put this up a couple weeks ago, the Bible Project has a really good summary of Galatians, and you can find that link in the Bible app as well. So we've got a lot of places for you to engage and make sure you know what's going on. So go to those places. If you need any help with any of it, come grab me. I'll show you how it works. But we're going to close in prayer, and I want to highlight two folks. Um, we've been praying for Bella Veroni a lot. So she's been up and down, and we found out this week she's struggling with some more sickness issues, some parasites and typhoid fever while she's in Uganda. So she's got weeks left, and imagine her parents not being able to really be there to help her while she just continues to find some of these ailments. So we're going to pray for her. We're also going to pray for Jake. Um, Jake and his wife have been attending here for a little bit, and he had a pretty horrific ski accident this, this week where he um, hit a rock and smashed his face into the ground and has numerous plates and numerous um, screws in his face. So we just want to make sure that we lift them up. We're going to try to provide as many meals as we can to them. And I'm hopefully going to be able to go visit him and the family this week in the hospital. So we're going to bow our heads. We're going to pray for these two folks. Father, we know that your hand is involved in everything. And right now we pray for Bella. We pray that you be with her, that you bring her comfort and peace, that you allow the doctors in Uganda to be able to pre prescribe the right kind of medication to rid her of these ailments and these parasites and these fevers so that this wouldn't capture all of her time in YWAM. Father, I pray that you would show her where you're at in the middle of this journey too, that she would be able to lean on you and find comfort in you. And Lord, we lift up Jake, Jake's wife and kids. We pray you'd be with him right now as he's sitting in a hospital bed trying to contemplate what, what's going on and why. And why am I in this position, Father? I pray that you be with him in the pain, uh, in the confusion and the frustration of what's next, and be with his wife as she's now trying to comfort him and care for the family. Uh, just so many dynamics with that, Father. But we're glad that he is 
not suffered any brain injuries or anything significant like that, but just a long road ahead of him. And we just pray you would also reveal yourself to him and his family, that you bring healing to them. You show them where you're at in the midst of their journey. Father, we come here today because we love you. We want to know more about you. We want to be part of what you're doing in and around us. And so, Father, we pray through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would open the eyes of our hearts and reveal to us what each of us need to know today. Pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's stand together. And as we uh, start a time of worship and singing, let's uh, this first song, I'm not sure how your week was, especially in light of these prayers. Uh, I think it's a good reset, a good perspective uh, as we sing about just how our God is greater than all these things. Water you turned into wine Open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you None like you Into the darkness Into the darkness you shine Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you None like you. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Sing that again. Water you turn into wine. Water you turn into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. None like you. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome in power Our God Our God Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than
God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. And oh, you bring hope to the hopeless light to those in the darkness and death to life now i'm alive oh you give peace to the restless and joy to homes that are broken i see you now you i found and you open the door for me and you lay down your life to set me free all that i am will serve
and all honor. No, all honor. No, all glory. No, all praise to you. No, for making a way for us. God, thank you for making a way, not just in eternity, but that you are a guide day to day. Thank you for walking with us. Thank you for showing us an alternative way to live aside from how the world would show us. pray your blessing on Pastor Gus as he shares with us this morning. Lord, I pray for open hearts to hear, that help us to uh, put these words and apply. We could really represent you, that we could be salt and light each day. God, thanks for this time. Just give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Morning. Good morning. Hey, without shaking hands, let me ask you all to get up and greet each other real quickly. Say hello to somebody.
Okay, let's get back together, folks. It has almost been one year since uh, uh, Kevin took over the lead passer role here. And truth is, he has really been much more the lead passer for the last two years. And I, I can't even imagine the transition. Some of you don't know. Uh, just having him lead our, our elders, uh, our friendship I always thought was close. I feel like this last year has been closest we've been together. So just thank you, Kevin. I'm amazed how well you lead. Can we give him some applause here for... Pretty awesome, bro. Appreciate you. I believe it was about one or our first or second year of marriage. One night, 3 a.m., no kidding, Michelle jumps up in bed and she goes, Gus, would you ever leave me or divorce me? I asked permission to share this story. Let me just say that. <laughs> and, and just without even thinking, because you're not thinking at 3 a.m. in the morning, I just said, I, I made a promise to the Lord. I'd have to leave him. I said, so that's why I'm going to keep my promise to you. And I think about a promise, and especially as Christians, it's significant that we make promises to one another, and our word should mean a lot. But at some level, it's a little bit limited. In our passage today, there are eight promises that are given. Promises from God that have eternal implications and dependent on Jesus to be the giver and fulfiller of those promises. And, and it's so important to know that God cannot lie. Titus chapter 1 tells us this. Paul, a bondservant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of those chosen of God and the knowledge of the truth, which is according to godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised long ages ago, but at the proper time manifested even his word in the proclamation of which I am entrusted according to the commandment of God our Savior. So it is so vital to know the importance of believing in the personal promises of Jesus and how we live our lives. So let me ask you to do something some of you aren't familiar. Stand up, and we're going to read the word of God together, and then I will pray for it. Put up Galatians chapter 3. And I will start with the first word, and then you guys finish it. Brethren,
Amen. You have a seat. Let's, let's pray over God's word. We thank you, Father God, for your truth, in which we are to hear. And we would just invite the Holy Spirit to speak, the spirit of truth. Lord, it's our heart to hear more of the things you have for our, our lives. Uh, we can get so caught up in this world around us, get so busy, uh, so much noise out there. We pray just today that uh, our hearts would just be quieted, that we could put aside any anger or wrath, anything that's going on in our hearts, and in humility receive your word, which is really able to save our souls. We ask that somehow you would help us to be more devoted to Jesus, again, in a world that so desperately needs him. So bless your word and bless your people. Uh, we do this out of an act of worship, Lord, because we love you and we need you. Amen. Let me encourage you to turn to Galatians chapter 3, if you want to follow along and give you a little bit of context here. When we're talking about there's this Judaizers, it's a, a group of Jewish Christians, and they're teaching that faith in Jesus alone is not, it's not enough to be saved. And many of the Galatians started to believe that they had to do more. They had to live by the law. They had to do do's and don'ts, this kind of form of legalism. And they just started really living foolishly because they, they were bewitched. They had allowed false and evil influence in, into their thinking. And things just started going astray. Because at that point, you start to live on your own strength. It's not God's desire. Instead of believing in the promises, the Judaizers were also teaching that the law had changed things. Now the law was more important than the original promise. It superseded it. Paul argues it didn't and begins presenting that the promise was confirmed in the covenant with Abraham. Verse 15 says this, Brethren, I speak in terms of human relations, even though it's only a man's covenant, yet when it has been ratified, no one sets it aside or adds conditions to it. A covenant at this point was, is a chosen relationship or partnership in which two parties make promises to each other for a common goal. And this covenant that is referred to, and we'll look at it in a second in our text, was to rescue the world from sin. And it's found in Genesis chapter 12. Verses 1 through 3, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. It's interesting, Paul, in verse 15, he uses this Greek legal system in his first argument, verse 15. The, the Greeks believe when a contract was ratified, when it was established, in this case confirmed, that the terms were irrevocable. They, they couldn't be changed. They had to remain exactly the way they were. And verse 17 tells us, and God ratified that very covenant. It says, what am I saying? Is this, that the law which came 430 years later, does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. He said God ratified it. It became a covenant 
And it's interesting, when you really look at it, it wasn't dependent on Abraham at all. I mean, God said what he would do. Abraham really has no response. Not here, I'm going to give you, bless you, Abraham, if you do this. He's just saying, this is the blessing that's going to come from your family. It was a covenant of grace. Uh, all the promises were made by God before Abraham even believed. And God promised that that would also include an inheritance. We find that verse 18. It says, for if the inheritance is based on the law, it is no longer based on a promise. But God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. And this promise he was given, this inheritance he's speaking about, is that he would be blessed throughout his life here, but he'd also be blessed forever because of his faith. And I really believe that those promises were given and fulfilled personally by Jesus. Personally by Jesus. Well, first of all, Jesus is the seed of Abraham. Look at verse 16. It says, Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. It does not say to seeds, as referring to many, but rather to one. And to your seed, that is Christ. And, and Christ would be the one to come to fulfill this promise. Verse 19, it says, why the law then it added because transgressions have been ordained through angels by the agency of a mediator until the seed would come to whom the promise had been made, that he would come by his grace and offer salvation. Acts chapter 3 is an interesting passage of scripture. It says, it is you who are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made your father saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. For you first God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from your wicked ways. Interesting, it, it tells us that Jesus came to bless us, but also to turn us from our sins. We, we call this repentance, where there's a, a change of mind a change of thinking towards God. And when we begin to think differently, God starts to move in our hearts. I've talked about this before. Behavior follows later. It's really a change that's got to take place. And Jesus came to do that. And as it speaks here, he's really speaking to a Jewish crowd. In Romans chapter 1, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to all believe, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. I mean, it came first and was given to his people who had waited for this covenant to be fulfilled. But he also says at the same time, this was for the whole world. This was for everyone who would believe. And if you see this in verse 16, I don't know if you have it in your own Bibles, but it's bold print, it's large letters in verse 16. It's a quote directly from Genesis chapter 22, verse 18. Let me ask you to turn your Bibles to Genesis if you have them with you. Genesis 22. I want to point out a couple things about What's going on here? Let me give you a little bit of the context. First of all, Abraham has been asked to sacrifice his son to the Lord. I mean, literally sacrifice his son, a blood sacrifice. He'd wait 100 years to have Isaac, the son of promise. And God says to him, you know, I want you now to sacrifice him to me. And, and Abraham immediately obeys. Pick it up in verse 9 of chapter 22. It says, Then they came to the place of which God had told him, 
And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on the top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Can you imagine this? He is ready to kill his son. Then there's an interesting word in verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him, for now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Interesting, he's speaking. The angel of the Lord was a messenger of Yahweh. But I'm convinced this is the son of God speaking here. This is what we call a Christophany. This is when Christ appeared in the Old Testament. So if you turn back your Bibles a little bit, let me just give you an explanation for that. Chapter 16 of Genesis. You got Hagar here. She's the concubine of Abraham. And Sarai, uh, the wife at this point, has asked her to leave. And literally, I think she not just pushes her out of camp, but she kind of hopes she dies. And so we pick that up in verse 7. It says, And the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarah. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself to her authority. So this conversation is going on. You say, well, can she see him or what's going on? Well, she obviously is seeing him in some way because it says this in verse 13. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are a God who sees, for she said, I have even remained alive here after seeing him. So what form is he in at this point? We don't know. But enough that she's having a conversation with the Lord himself, the angel. Turn to chapter 18 of Genesis, verses 1 and 2. Now Isaac appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre. I'm, I'm sorry. Now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre. Again, he's speaking about Abraham while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. And when he lifted up his eyes, he looked. Behold, three men were standing opposite of him. And when he saw them, he ran into the tent door to meet them and bowed himself down to the earth. And we know that there's a continued conversation that goes on. Because remember, this is the context of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he's trying to convince the Lord not to destroy it if there's enough righteous people there. But here's the key there, is this is Jesus speaking. This is a Christophany. Now go back to chapter 22 and listen to the words of the angel of the Lord, which are really profound here. Pick it up in verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven. And he said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Indeed, I will greatly bless you and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of its enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Again, he speaks as reference of being God. This is son, the son of God speaking here. And he uses personal pronouns throughout. He makes the personal promises that he'll come back, that he'll die. He'll be the seed. It's amazing when you really think about how personal this was, the relationship that he had with Abraham. He 
See, I think often we don't realize how personal the promises of God are for our lives. That, that God wants to have this intimate relationship with all of his children. That, that when these things are spoken, literally, often they're, they're just spoken to us so we can know. We can believe that during those difficult times, God has promises that he's given to us to help us, to encourage us, to bless us. And that promise that was made to Abraham was made to all who would believe. Verse 22 in our passage in Galatians. It says this, but the scripture has shut up everyone under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus might be given to those who believe. We talked about that word in the Hebrew, believe, means to lean your whole weight upon someone. Are you leaning on the Lord? I mean, is that your heart? I mean, are you really, really trusting him with all that stuff? We were talking about this a little bit this morning. Donovan and I were about, faith can be a really uncomfortable thing. Because you kind of get in this place where you've got to trust. It doesn't feel super comfortable especially when the circumstances of life aren't working the way we hope they will or expect them to. The word in the Greek for believe is pistuis, and it means an ongoing trust, an ongoing reliance. It means really daily believing, trusting. Do you, do you daily trust him for help? Are you inviting him into your conversations, into your decisions? into your relationships? I mean, if, if that's what believing is, it's not just this one-time desperate moment. It might begin there. You know, it, it might begin where you just get right with God for the first time. But, but really, this relationship, it's a relationship. It's somebody you talk to, some, somebody you share your struggles with, somebody you ask help from. And we're going to do that regularly. See, the promises were made to all who would have the faith of Abraham. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. For this reason is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace. So that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also all those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. I was reading Swindoll's book on Abraham this week. It's, it's one of my favorite books. Swindoll writes about some of the old saints, uh, King David and Moses. They're just profound books. He does a great job of the text, but then he, he really makes it like practical to where you're at. I just love that. And he said that he believes that there's over 7,000 promises in the Bible. Over 7,000 promises. Isn't that amazing? I think it was like 7,500 I wrote it down here. 7,474 promises. Isn't that cool to hear that? How many times we're missing out? We're not listening. We're not believing. And if you think someday you're going to become worthy of this stuff, you're kidding yourself. It's based on grace. It's unconditional. Just as it was to Abram, it's to us. But it's beautiful because of that. It's not us fixing our lives and making it work. It's us just calling out wherever we're at and believing 
and trusting that he is who he says he is. And what he says is worthy of our trust, his promises. And I always think about this. You know, it's only one promise often. You know, one word God gives you and you believe it and you hold on to it. And it can literally not just change your life. It can change the lives of people around you. One promise. Today, I just want to look at five promises as our application and the importance of believing and living by them. Well, the first promise of salvation, again, is found in verse 22, but the scripture has shut up everyone under sin, and we spoke about this in Romans chapter 3. There's none good, there's not even one. For all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And the only answer God gives the justification is the grace of God and faith in Jesus. And he goes on to say that the promise of faith in Jesus Christ might be given to all who believe. So I don't know if you all believe. But if you haven't, you, you can trust your life. You can ask forgiveness of sins. Today can be the best day of your life. Second, the promise of God the Holy Spirit. Verses 13 and 14 of chapter 3 here. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law and become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, when we put our faith in Christ, when we believe, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, into our hearts to direct us, to help us. Jesus made this promise to the disciples before he died on the cross. John chapter 14 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. And again, I, and you probably hear this in most sermons I give, but we have the presence of God in us. Why aren't we accessing it? Why aren't we praying? Why aren't we asking for help every day? Because we all need it. We just need help <laughs> to live it out. And this faith we talk about, is it's this little faith in this amazing God. And then he says, not only that, but now you can struggle with the scriptures, you can struggle, struggle with life, but I'll just be there to help you through it. That's where faith comes in. Do we really believe? A third promise, just as Jesus was personally involved with Abraham, so he promises to be with us. Matthew chapter 28, these are the last words of Jesus before he ascends to heaven. We call it the Great Commission. It says, and Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. He's really saying, tell people how to believe so they become believers. Unbelievers can become believers. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As we share our faith, as, as we talk to people about Jesus, you know, he says, I'm with you. I'm there with you. He doesn't leave us alone. He just says, hey, I'll, be, I'll help you through it. 
I'll take your words, and no matter what you share, if you share it from a sincere heart, that's enough. Which really leads to another promise. That no matter how difficult things get, he promises he will never leave us or never forsake us. Hebrews chapter 13. Just make sure your character is free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Same promises are just as true today as they were thousands of years ago. Same Jesus. <laughs> and when you breathe your last breath, even then Jesus promises to be there with you. That's really encouraging to me. You know, just, we don't know what it feels like. It always feels kind of weird a little bit anyway because we, we can always imagine what we think. But the truth is, we can know he's going to be with us. He makes that promise. John chapter 14, do not let your heart be troubled. Don't overthink this is what he's saying, because <laughs> we all can do that. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would not have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. What an encouraging word to hear. Beloved, it is so important for us to believe, we were just singing a song earlier about that, that Jesus is enough. For everything you need in this life and the next, he's enough. He's given it all. So we could live. You know, the beauty of this book is not just to live, but to live abundantly, freely, to be who we are. Not to become some religious people, but just to be genuinely, sincerely his children and living in that identity. In a world, again, that just wants that. I encourage you to hold on to these great promises, especially when life seems difficult and confusing and overwhelming. That's when you hold on to him. But I could look back at my life and I can tell you some of those difficult, desperate times. I had a best friend who was with me, who walked through it. You'll never walk alone. Isn't that good to know? You don't ever have to. As we close, I want to answer a question. I, and maybe some of you know the answer already, but have you ever wondered how Abraham could literally be that close to killing his own son, sacrificing his son. The son he had waited for, he was 100 years old, had him. He's probably 20 years old at this point, Isaac, some close to that age. So they probably have a pretty good relationship. And yet when God says, sacrifice your son, it tells him he gets up the next day, immediately he goes on a three-day journey, and he's got it all prepared to happen. Have you ever wondered about that? It's a very legitimate question. Well, let me try to give you an answer to that. Again, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to turn to, back to Genesis 22 again. Let me give you what's going on in the immediate context here. 
really important. In chapter 21, it says this, verse 33, chapter 21. And Abraham planted a tamarisk tree at Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. So he goes and he, he has, it says that he journeys with the, Philist, in the Philistine country for a bit, but, but he has this connection with the eternal God. And then it says this in chapter 22, verse 1. Now it came about after these things, after he had had this encounter with the eternal God, that God tested Abraham. And then he asked him to give up his son. See, I believe that the test was whether Abraham really had an eternal perspective. A belief in the promises of an eternal God. Boy, that's kind of the question he asked us, isn't it? I mean, do we really believe in eternity? I mean, how do we live our lives? Do, 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 we, do we truly live our lives just really trying to think through decisions and relationships and say, what is this going to matter for eternity? Well, Hebrews chapter 11 gives us insight into what Abraham really believed. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, in Isaac, your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people, even from the dead, from which he has also received him back as a type. He had an internal perspective. He, he believed that God raised him from the dead. He believed in the promises of the resurrection that Jesus had promised him. But if we're going to live out these promises daily, we have got to believe in an eternal God, and we have to trust in his eternal son, Jesus Christ. We have to. We, we have to believe beyond this life. We must keep an eternal perspective in our relationships or in our decisions because we just don't know. We're just fragile people at best. Amen? Let's pray together. Father God, we are so grateful for these promises. I just think this week how many of the promises have just gone over and over and over. Because sometimes I don't hear them very well the first time. I'm so grateful that you are a God that not only has died on our behalf, but has promised the blessings that come with that as we believe. And I ask for your people today, and I don't know what they might be holding on to. It might be a relationship that's not going well. It could be finances. It could be decisions that have to be made that they're holding on to, and it's just causing all kinds of anxiety. I just pray for them right now that they just give it over. They tell you, Lord, they're anxious, they're overwhelmed. And then they say, well, I'm going to trust you with this, Lord. I'm going to trust even though it feels out of my control, but you're in control. I just ask, God, that we would take these promises that you've given us and, and that we'd hold on to them in our daily lives. That we'd even memorize them, we'd speak them out loud. Because you so want to do a work in our lives that we miss out on often because we truly don't trust you. The way you desire to be trusted. 
Lord, how much we miss out on because we want to do it on our own. So just ask for us as your people, God. Can, we just ask you to forgive us, God, that we kind of do our own thing. And help us, Lord, each day to give more and more of our lives to you. Because when we're living there, then it's really exciting. Then we're living freely. And we're living that abundant life you've given us and promised to us. Bless your word today, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. We're going to sing three songs to close, and I want to kind of give us a bit of a roadmap. Um, so this first one, um, I always love it when, when songs really match, um, but this one's called Promises. Um, I'd like to, for us to just really think about his faithfulness, his promises in this first one, to kind of reflect on Gus's words here. Uh, the second song is more focused on our decision, us standing making that decision on what he's done for us. And the third one is kind of that focus on him, um, kind of to be in that awe, in that place of wonder with him. So let's go on that journey together. God of Abraham, you're the God of covenant and faithful promises. And time and time again, you have proven you'll do just what you said though the storms may come and the winds may blow i'll remain steadfast and let my heart learn when you speak a word it will come to pass and great is your
lots to sing about, lots to talk about, lots of life to live. God, thank you for your promises. God, help us to, to leave here fulfilled, going with strength, knowing that you're by our side. God, we pray for an awesome week uh, for each one here and those online. God, we just give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.